Welcome to this edition of Rail Group on Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. This is Railway Track and Structures Editor-in-Chief Bill Wilson. Our sponsor for this podcast is Herzog, the industry's preferred provider to build, operate, and maintain track. Herzog's rail expertise stretches from the construction of complex rail transportation projects to the operations and maintenance of 13 transit properties across North America. Herzog's specialized rail equipment is designed and built in-house to tackle any maintenance away task from ballast and rail unloading to PTC and rail flaw detection. Visit Herzog.com today to keep your business moving on track. Herzog congratulates Norfolk Southern's Ed Boyle for being recognized as Engineer of the Year. Herzog is privileged to work with Ed and his team and applaud his accomplishments for a award that is well-deserved. In September, for the first time ever in the long history of Railway Track and Structures magazine, the staff named an Engineer of the Year. Ed Boyle, who is the Vice President of Engineering at Norfolk Southern, is the first recipient of this award, and we at RTNS could not come up with a better pick. Ed Boyle is on the cover of the September issue of RTNS magazine, and I am going to share with you a few opening paragraphs of the story I wrote about our 2020 Engineer of the Year. Ed Boyle is a calculated bull in a china shop, with riders on his back. Norfolk Southern's Vice President of Engineering sees a target, and he charges full speed. He is only going to hit what he needs to, and shatters the goals that come with it. Those who work with him trust him, and Boyle is humble enough to know he needs those who take direction to be there for him during the ride. Bulls do not care about what is behind them, only what is in front of them. Boyle, however, is a rare breed. When he was named the first engineer of the year for Railway Track and Structures magazine, he did what he always does as a professional. When the opportunity is there, appreciate the moment and strike hard. Boyle admitted that he has not looked back at his career much. Reflecting is hard to do when you are never standing still. As always, he made the best of it. Boyle's first job right out of college, he graduated from Penn State University, was a management trainee position at Norfolk Southern in Roanoke, Virginia in 1994. And over the next 25 years, he would be promoted 11 times at the Class 1 company. I had the privilege to interview Ed Boyle for the Engineer of the Year story, and the following are highlights of his career at Norfolk Southern, along with his perspective of the railway industry. So here is Ed Boyle, our 2020 Engineer of the Year, in his own words. I became interested in civil engineering in high school. Probably I was a junior in high school. I remember taking one of those standardized tests. I have no idea what it was called, but I remember it came back with the results, and they give you all the feedback, and basically that you know engineering might be a good fit based on the answers I gave. You know, one thing I did know was I did not want to be sitting in an office all day long. That that, that wouldn't work. And you know, did a little bit of research. You know, knew I wanted to be outside, and civil engineering seemed like the right path. Is when I when I got on that path. And you know, I really thought I'd be building bridges or skyscrapers or something along those lines on the construction side of the house. 
you know, with civil engineering, you know you can get dirty, you got big equipment, and you can see what you did. That's the one thing about it, you can always see what was accomplished. So after I graduated high school, you know, I, I was 17 years old when I went off to college, went to Penn State University, and I had to leave the day after I graduated high school so I can get on the main campus of State College to be in the engineering program. So that was a that was a big change, you know, leaving the day after graduation. But going to Penn State, you know, going to Penn State was a fantastic experience. And you think about college and, and what sticks with you, I can tell you there were a couple of things really stuck. And the first is, you know, when you're a freshman and you're at a big university and, and people ask you what your major is, and the first thing when you tell them that your your major is civil engineering, and the first thing they say is, Oh, you're pre business. I can tell you that's pretty motivating because you definitely want to prove them wrong. And the second thing that sticks was I remember sitting in that freshman calculus class. We were at the forum, and there's 300-plus kids in, in this room, and it's a big stadium seating, a room of stadium seating, looking around. And the professor comes out, and his very first interaction, the very first thing he says is, look to your right, look to your left, and only one of you is going to be here. And by God, he was right. You know, the classes, you know, class started, quizzes came, tests came, and, and you looked around and kids were dropping like flies. And by by the end of the semester, he was right. There was about a third, a third of us were still there. So, thankfully, I made it through that. Made it through the other weed out classes. You know, obviously, I, I, I can tell you I got some test scores I didn't even know existed at that stage, but I made it and got through and got in the civil engineering program. And I would say one thing I learned was, you know, like like everyone that's in, in engineering, trying to get an engineering degree, you learn, it's going to take a lot of work. And it's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of perseverance, a lot of determination to make it happen. You know, what I didn't realize was that was just great training for going to work on a railroad. You know, that's what it takes out here for all of us. And the one thing I kept in the back of my mind, you know, it's something my dad always told me growing up, and it still rings true today, is, you know, if it was easy, anyone could do it. So I, I still still hold hold that one close. So my my career with Norfolk Southern started in March of 1994. Yeah, I started as a management trainee in Roanoke, Virginia, and I'll never forget, you know, the first day meeting the division engineer, a guy by the name of Don McKibben. And I'll never forget, he told me day one, he says, you're going to know in six months if this is right for you. Yeah, you're going to find out quickly railroading is not what you want to do, or it's going to get in your blood, and you're going to do it forever. So here we are 26 years later, and we're still learning every day. So I believe, I believe it's in my blood at this point. So, so uh, can you kind of go through your, your Norfolk Southern uh Resume there then, so you, you had your start then, and, and then obviously you've moved up the ladder since then. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride, uh, and I I can say I can I couldn't even imagine doing something else. You know, anyone that does what we do knows it's not for everyone, but you know if you've chosen this path and you love what you do, it's a very rewarding career. You know, there are so many good people throughout our industry. You know, the entire railroad industry and the engineering side of the house. And I tell you, it, it's been great to be part of the Norfolk Southern Engineering Team. Yeah, I've worked with a lot, a lot of excellent people over the years. 
and definitely appreciate the opportunities and the experiences that I've had. Yeah, it's a, uh, like I said, it's been a wild ride, but I started as a trainee, management trainee, and that was a great experience. You, know, you, you think back to when, when you come out here and you know nothing about the railroad, you know, I was able to get exposed to a lot that was taking place on the Virginia Division and in different locations on, on the system. Yeah, I learned a lot from the trackmen, the machine operators, the foremen, the frontline supervisors. I would say they were extremely, extremely helpful and willing to teach you if you, if you wanted to learn. You know, if you show them you wanted to learn, they would teach you any, anything you wanted to know. You know. Learn from those folks all the way up through the chief engineer at the time, Mr. Woods. I mean, it was a, it was a strong teaching environment on, on the way we need to do things. You know, one thing I got to do, I got to spend a month in July of 1994 when I was a trainee. You know, we, we had some historic flooding in South Georgia, and the railroad was gone. I mean, it was, it was wiped out, and it was, it was working around the clock for weeks, and it was, you know, obviously heat I'd never experienced before growing up in Pennsylvania. You know, South Georgia heat's a little bit different. It was a different world. And I'll tell you what, you know, after being on the railroad for only a little over three months, it was probably good for me. I thought this was normal. And it was just, a, this was normal business. Little did I know this was a historic event, but it was a, it was a tremendous learning experience to say the least. You know, the best thing about being in Lynchburg is that's where I met my wife, Britta. And we, we met in September of 1996. And it was right after we finished rebuilding the bridge, it got, got wiped out during Hurricane Fran. So just some of those things that stick to you on as far as timelines. But you know, we met in 96. We got married in 98. And it's hard to believe it's been 22 years. And I just say I can't thank her enough. She's always been there, been the support system. You know, she's picked up the mood every time the phone, every time the call came. You know, she's raised two fantastic kids I can't be any more proud of. And I would just say any, any place we went, she made it home. For our family, and like I said, everyone knows being a railroader's wife is tough. It's not easy, and we we can't do what we do without having a strong partner. And I, like I said, I, I'm very blessed. You know, Britt has been her every step of this adventure since 1996. So in March of 2000, I went to the assistant division engineer in Roanoke, Virginia, and this this was an excellent opportunity at a at a young age to go to an ADE's position. That I could really learn a lot. Yeah, I worked directly now for Don McKibben. He was a division engineer, and Tim Drake. He was the chief engineer on the Eastern Region at that time. Yeah, those two guys. You know, they were second to none when it comes to you know knowing the railroad, you know, having that experience, and really leading by example. You know, you, you definitely learned a lot from. I learned a lot from both of them. You know, Don was an exceptional planner. He knew that division inside and out and he knew where we needed to be focused. And Mr. Drake, yeah, he taught everyone a lot. He taught me a lot. Everyone, you know, most people know Tim Drake. But I said there's one valuable lesson you learn by working for Tim Drake, and that's there are seven days in a week, and there's 1,440 minutes in a day, and we were going to find a way to use every one of them to make this railroad better. And it was just a, uh, it was a fun time because it was always, always a team effort to make the railroad better. And like I said, you definitely, I definitely learned a lot working with those guys and really appreciate the opportunities they, they provided. So that was in from 2000 to February 2003. 
So in February 2003, I got a call, and I was now the assistant division engineer in Chicago. And you know, I, I was the first one from Norfolk Southern to go to Chicago after the Conrail transaction. And I'll just say that was a challenge. You know, first off, I'd never seen that many trains before. And you know, they, they run like street cars out of Chicago. And it was just there was a lot of work to do to get that railroad up to the NS standards I grew up learning and, and knew where it needed to be. And we were fighting derailments nearly every day, either in Chicago or Elkhart. You know, the Chicago line was a muddy mess. You know, rail, tie, and turnout conditions were poor. You know, we had to rebuild the entire hump yard in Elkhart. You know, in 2003, which doesn't seem that long ago, but 2003, you know, the busiest hump yard on the Norfolk Southern system was still all jointed rail. So we had a, a multi-year project to get get that rail laid and get the yard upgraded. You know, on top of that, that's when the Chicago Create project was really getting kicked off. You know, we were full swing with all the planning and going out there and, and doing the deep dives to investigate what, what could be done in these locations. And that was a lot of fun to be part of that. But I would just say back in 2003 to 2005, you know, this was the Wild West on Norfolk Southern. <laughs> it was great to be part of what all was accomplished. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better than going back there today and seeing where it is today and all the improvements that have continued to be made over the last you know, 15 years. It's, it's phenomenal to see what, what's taking place. So in April 2005, <clears throat> I got notified and got the call. I was promoted to division engineer on the Pocahontas division. And this covers our coal fields in West Virginia. And this is back when we were moving coal and moving a lot of it. Anyone who's been on the Pokey, you know, been in, in the southern part of West Virginia knows you know, it's a brute force railroad. You got steep grades, you got extreme curvature. It's nothing but heavy axle loads, pushers, tunnels, slide fences, no access. You know, it is a true mountain railroad. And you learn on the Pokey just how quickly things can change. And with all that said, it was a great place to work. And there were a lot of challenges that we had to overcome. That's all part of it. But I'll tell you, you have a hardworking, dedicated group of people across that division. And they, uh, they're phenomenal as far as taking care of business. It was also great at that, at that point in time. That's back. I got to work hand in hand with Jim Carter. You know, Jim is our retired chief engineer of bridges and structures. And that's where we were trying to figure out what needed to be done with the tunnels and bridges across the Pokey Main to run double stacks. And the Heartland Corridor project is where we opened up the double stack route across southwest Virginia and through West Virginia. And I'll tell you, that, that was a true team effort between engineering, transportation to get the outages needed, and then the contractors we had involved to make it happen. But that was, a, that was an excellent experience. And in April 2007, got promoted to Chief Engineer Line Maintenance on the Western Region. And the Western Region at that point in time was responsible for our Alabama, Central, Lake, and Illinois divisions. And this is when we moved to Atlanta, and we've been, we've been here in Atlanta ever since 2007. So you got, when I got the Chief Engineer's job, that's when, that's when I realized just how big our railroad is and how important it is to have consistent standards and get consistent results across our network. You know, every track guy out here wants everything they can get for their territory, for their division. You know, that, that's how we're wired. 
And as a chief engineer, you got to make the right calls. You got to make the right decisions with the limited resources that you have to spread across the entire region. And the biggest thing is you got to know your region to make the right calls. And the other thing, you know, when you're a chief engineer, you find out quickly there is always something going on, whether it's planned or unplanned, that you got to respond to. And that's, that could be the program work, that's the project, that's the DRM, that's the disasters. When you have four big divisions spread out, there is always something taking place. And that's where I definitely learned in that role how important time management was. You know, I had to learn very quickly how to how to trust but verify because you can't be everywhere you want to be or, or you need to be. And that's how I found out, too, that without Delta Airlines, we couldn't survive to get, get where we needed to get to. So 2000, I was in that job from 2007 until 2009. And, you know, my first goal in every, every job I went to, I always said, you know, what, are the, what, are, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to accomplish? And the first goal I said as chief engineer was to lay eyes on every inch of that region, of that western region, because I knew I needed to see it to be able to make the best decisions possible. And there was one place on that western region I hadn't seen. And that was our little island of track we own in Des Moines, Iowa, that's, that's well off of our network. You gotta run on, on UP or BN to even get to it. You can't get there on us. So in 2009, early 2009, I finally got to Des Moines to see this little pocket of track we had. And that's when I got a call from our chief operating officer and was told, congratulations, you're now the assistant general manager on Eastern Region in Transportation. And I'll just say, uh, as a track guy, that was a shock to the system. And, you know, I, you know, going to transportation, it wasn't my idea, but I will say without a doubt, it was, it was definitely a tremendous experience that I'm better for having. You know, I, I got to work with a lot of great people. You know, I worked hand in hand with Greg Comstock. He was the general manager on Eastern Region. I was his assistant GM. And Greg is now our vice president of NOC, and we still work hand-in-hand hand today to make sure that we're getting what we need to get our work done. And Greg taught me a lot, and I learned from Greg and a lot of others in the transportation side that I still work with today. And I would say that that experience benefited me greatly. And it's just the uh, – it definitely drove home, you know, when you're a track guy, you think about track. What that drove home is we are a transportation company. And it gave me the understanding of why we do what we do, you know, what really goes on behind the scenes to make it happen that you don't see as an engineering guy. And then also got to see the challenges that are facing that side of the house. And I just, you know, it, it was, it was a, it was a fantastic experience. And it was also built some pretty strong working relationships with, with other departments that have carried on through today and have definitely helped. So I was in that, in transportation for a little over two years. And in March of 2011, got to come back home to engineering. And you know, I mentioned Don McKibben earlier. Don retired as chief engineer in the Eastern Region, and I got to come back as chief engineer on Eastern Region, responsible for our Pocahontas, Virginia, Piedmont, and Georgia divisions. And I would say I, I definitely had a new perspective on how impactful what we do is to our operation and how we can be a benefit and how we can really work hand-in-hand hand to coordinate track time and coordinate our efforts to make it work for both sides. It was, it was great to get back to engineering. 
with those new tools in the box. And it was a, it was a good experience. And I thought I was back in engineering, back back home in engineering until February of 2013. And I got another shock when I was told I was now the Assistant Vice President of Communications and Signals. And you talk about being out of your wheelhouse. You know, I'm a civil engineer. You know, civil engineering, part of what I loved is you see what you do. You, know, you, you don't see electricity. And that's one reason why I didn't like electrical engineering was you can't see it. So the first goal I set in that job was don't get electrocuted. Yeah, that was goal number one. And it was just a, uh, it, was, it was definitely, definitely a learning experience because we always worked hand in hand with our, with our CNS teams. But now I need to understand how all that worked and how it all went together. But this, it was a, it was a tremendous experience because we are, we are one team. We work together every day and we definitely worked hard to bring, bring the groups together. <clears throat> But the other part about being in that in 2013 and seeing this, everyone thinks about PTC being completed last year, you know, everything getting in service last year. I can tell you in 2013, we were just getting off the ground. You know, we were at the front end with all, all the design and building for a technology that didn't even fully exist yet back in 2013. And this was an exciting time to say the least. You know, we were charging full steam ahead. Yeah, we had to get people hired for us. We had to get contractors on board. We had to get everyone trained and in place to work seven days a week to construct a wayside PTC infrastructure. It was all hands on deck to get this, get this build complete. We also worked with multiple signal design, design contractors along with our in-house forces, you know, to get these plans completed. You know, we had to have the plans first so we can get the material procured and get it constructed. So there's definitely a lot of logistics and a lot of moving parts. And I, I, I'm glad to say I was part of this because I will say it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime signal system rebuild over a lot of our railroad. And it's fantastic to see where we were in 2013 and, and where we got to last year being functional and in operation. Yeah, the other good part about being in that job as ABP of CNS is you know, when I went to that job, that's when Phil Morelli went to the AVP of, of MWNS. So we got to work hand in hand. And Phil and I had worked together side by side as chief engineers. And this gave us another opportunity to, to work together. And one thing about it, we both knew you know, there were historical, historic locations all over our railroad that we always wanted to fix. You know, whether, you know, whether it was a control point, it needed to be moved, whether it's the way the interlocking was laid out, you know, locations that were either bottlenecks or maintenance nightmares that we both knew needed to be fixed. And the biggest challenge, the reason they weren't fixed before, was the signal cost. You know, it always, when you got estimates to do something, that's what always drove it out, out of you know, being possible. So Phil and I worked hand-in-hand, worked together, and fortunately, a lot of those locations are being worked on with PTC. So we got on the front end together, identified where we need to make these, these big changes, got the signal system designed to match, and we fixed a lot of stuff in a lot of critical locations. I mean, there were several places, you know, some big ones, like CP421 in Elkhart, Indiana. You know, we had Randolph Street in Roanoke. We had College Street in Williamson, West Virginia. You know, there were numerous control points over the Dearborn Division on the Chicago line and in the Pittsburgh Division. 
then we worked we worked with CSX, and together between the two railroads, we fixed Chattanooga. And a lot of that was done while we were doing the PTC work. And it was it was a win-win for both of us. You know, we worked with Ricky, Johnson, Todd Eck, that whole group. And it was definitely, you talk about a true success story where the two roads came together and made it work for both of us. Those are some of the projects, but that was just uh, some of the big ones. And there are a lot of others, but I will say, you know, the projects we all worked together on greatly improved our operation for, for the future, for the long term. So in October of 15, that's when Phil was promoted to the Vice President of Engineering, and I went back to the Mates Way side as ABP MWS. And that's when I became responsible for our entire system on the Mates Way side of the house and got directly involved with our program maintenance teams, you know, the maintenance equipment side, and our bridges and structures groups. If you remember back at the end of 2015 and 2016, I'll just say they were very challenging times for Norfolk Southern as a company. And we were in a fight to remain Norfolk Southern. That was our reality. And the thing we had to do and we did was we challenged the way we did things, the way we always did things. And we got focused on how we improve processes and procedures to drive out costs without sacrificing safety without sacrificing our operation. And that, that was that was the focal point. And there had to be a, there were a lot of tough decisions that had to be made. But I would tell you this, we made great strides on the productivity and efficiency side of the house. And we are better for it today and we continue to focus on, on those on those things. So after after all that, Bill, on May first last year, Bill retired. And I got promoted to the vice president of engineering. And I would say, you know, it was truly, truly an honor to be given this opportunity. And I think about the men that have led the NS engineering department since I started. You know, Phil Ogden was the vice president when I hired on. You know, Gary Woods, who carried us through some really tough times after Conroe. You know, followed by Tim Drake, then Mike Wheeler, and Phil Morelli. And all these guys, you know, all these guys made tremendous impacts during their careers. And I learned from all of them. And, you know, I, I recognize and realize, you know, it's my responsibility now to build on what they did and, and find the ways to take us to the next level of excellence. You know, every one of those guys did a tremendous amount. And we have to, we have to carry the ball forward. That, that's our charge. And, you know, came to this job last May, May 1st. You know, the first 15 months has been a whirlwind. You know, we've had record rainfall across the entire system. We've had a, you know, countless floods, washouts, fill failures, bridge strikes, you, know, you name it, as far as disasters go. And that's just on top of the work we plan to do across the board. You know, we talked we talked last November, Bill, and you know, we had the Grand River Bridge Restoration Project. You know, obviously that was unplanned, but where we lost three piers and four spans due to that extreme drift event in the Grand River. You know, we lost, you know, 270 feet of a bridge. It was completely gone in Brunswick, Missouri. And you talk about a team effort. That was a tremendous team effort with our people and our contractor partners. You know, they worked around the clock. And amazingly, we were running trains 27 days after we lost the bridge. And I can assure you, everyone involved in that project 
we'll never forget the Grand River Bridge restoration. That, that was one for the books. You know, another project we're working on now that you know been some been some news put out about recently, but you know, we got our locomotive mounted geometry testing system. We designed it and we built it in house. And we now have it mounted. We have the system mounted on three locomotives and it is performing exceptionally well in the pilot program. And our, our plan is and our goal is to expand this, this technology going forward. And like I said, there's usually not a lot of time to reflect and think back. And I can tell you there are far too many projects to talk about on this call. We could, we could talk all day. But I will say the one, the one project that I am most proud of is our NS engineering team. And you know, I'll, I'll just say it's a project because this has been ongoing and it's going to continue. Yeah, there has been a tremendous amount of time spent by many people recruiting, hiring and promoting from our workforce to get the right people on our team. And even more time is spent by our leaders teaching, coaching, and developing our people to become the top performers they are today. And as far as I'm concerned, the Norfolk Southern Engineering Department is second to none. And that's because of our people. You know, I know it's my job. It is my job to put our people in a position to succeed. And I can assure you, Every engineering leader knows that's their job too. It's it's almost like you've been drinking from a fire hose your entire career. You go to one place and there's so much going on. I mean, what is taking you through that? How how what is what has been the biggest challenge about just entering these situations where you have so much going on and then you have to get through it? Well. I, I just say this, I'll go back to what I said before, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate to have, have people who had faith and had confidence. You know, one thing about it, I've never been on an island. None of us are, and that's the goal. My goal is to make sure our people in the engineering department today never think they're on an island. You know, we're, we're all in this thing together. And I can promise you there are quite a few people right now that are very, very busy, and they got a lot going on, and it's all of our responsibility to make sure we work together to get it done. I've been I've been fortunate to have, you know, I, I, at the time I didn't think of them as, as mentors, as mentors per se. But there have been quite a few people you look back on. I, I would call them now a mentor because they definitely were making sure that, you know, I wasn't put in a position to fail. But it was there was definitely opportunities to to learn and grow and and you know make a difference. You know, I, I tell you, there's there's not there's not a person there's not a person that's in the railroad engineering world that hasn't asked themselves numerous times, what in the hell did I get myself into? I, that's just reality. You know, we deal with a lot of stuff, and we get into a lot of things. And at the end of the day, you know, it's the team that pulls together and finds a way. And I would just say, the NS engineering team, we will always find a way. And I just you, you you always know that, and there's gonna be times you really, you get you come up with something just like the Grand River Bridge. You got 270 feet of bridge laying at the bottom of the river, and you're looking at a hole, and the water's nearly you know, overlapping where the bridge should be. You know it looks monumental, but you know we're gonna find a way. And it was a lot of, lot of time, effort, and discussions, but it was definitely a team effort 
to get that done. And that's just you know, that's just one example. No different than you know, dealing with dealing with the latest hurricane in the last couple of days and the derailments that occur and the other disasters. It's just a uh, you know, I'll go back to you know, it's the people we have that make it happen. And you've been through so much, you know, throughout your whole career, and then you throw something on like a, a pandemic on, onto everything else, um, and that's something even I mean, you've experienced so much. But then, you, you know, it's it's this pandemic. Then all of a sudden, has, has, has this year been any more challenging for you because of the pandemic, or because you've been through so much prior to it that you can handle this no problem with the pandemic? Well, I would definitely say it's been more challenging. I would say 2020, you know, 2020 has been a year of, of new firsts. You know, we've never dealt with a pandemic. But back in March when this thing started, we set three goals for the, NN, for the NS Engineering Department. It was take care of and protect our people. You know, number two was continue to inspect, maintain, and improve our railroad every day so we can provide service safely to our customers. And number three was keep our people working. And we do that by keeping them healthy and keeping them safe. And those are our three goals. And we've been focused on those. And it's hard to believe now it's been over five months we've been in this mess. But that's been the focus since day one when, it, when this battle started back in March. And we continue to drive it home and make sure that's what we stay focused on. Because if we stay focused on those three things, we're doing the right things. And we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get to the other side. You know, the challenge is no one knows when it's going to end. I mean, who who knows when it's going to be behind us. One one day we'll be through it, but we're going to get there one day at a time. And our, our goal is to keep our people working, keep them healthy, keep them safe, and keep making this railroad better every day. But it it has posed challenges like we've never had before, I, I can assure you that. And then on the financial side, with the revenue loss is, is posing other challenges we have to overcome as a company and as a department. Where do you see this? I mean, so much has happened technology-wise over the last few years. You know, you, you mentioned uh, positive train control. Um, you have precision scheduled railroading. Um, you have your your automated system there at Norfolk Southern uh, as far as track inspection goes. Where do you see this industry going in the next 10 years with, with just technology? I mean, can you even begin to talk about the possibilities there? You know, you really can't. I mean, not that it, you know, we all have ideas, but you think about how far it's come in the last three years, last five years, last ten years, and how quickly that's changed. You know, we have we have our our ideas and, and thoughts, and we actually put a group together. Uh, you know, we we have a team, and it's called the ET3 team. It's the Engineering Technology and Training Team. And the charge was set last June, here after I got in this job, the charge was set that the Norfolk Southern Engineering Department will be the most technically advanced and best trained engineering class one department. That's the goal. And we're not going to get there, you know, in silos. So we put a group together with people from all across, all across our department, from all different organizations within our department, to come up with, you know, we can't have a shotgun effect however we get there. We, got, we have to have a laser focus. So the ET3 team 
is helping guide us in the right directions where we need to get to. I mean, you think about the drones or you know, the aerial vehicles that are unmanned aerial vehicles that are out there, UAVs. There's no telling where that's going to get to. You know, the autonomous inspections. I mean, it's just a. Uh, I just I would say, it is wide open. Think about where we're going to get to in the next five to ten years as as an industry. When when it's all said and done, you know, when when your career is 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 coming to a close, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, first off, Bill, I'm just warming up. So. Oh, I know that. I'm <laughs> coming to a close. We're 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 just, we're just getting started. <clears throat> uh, I just I, I just say you know you asked before about you know what what does someone see? Yeah, you know, one thing I've one thing I've told every every trainee that starts and everyone that asks you know what what's the key to success is you know. I firmly believe you treat every job you go to like it's one you retire on. You fight every day to make it as good as it can be. And you fight to find out what the problems are and fix them and go get them. And it's just don't don't accept it's always been that way. Yeah, that that's not an answer. Yeah, we we all need to figure out what where the root where the issues are, what the root causes are and go fix them. And that's that's what I challenge people who hire on, people who get promoted, people who who start with us. You know, every job you go to, whether it's a supervisor, track inspection, track supervisor, you know, engineer, track, you know, whatever job you go to, treat that like that's one you're going to spend the rest of your career on. You want to be as good as it can possibly be and, and attack it. And you ask what, what I want to be remembered for many years down the road, right, whenever you said when this is all said and done? Yep. I just say that I would just say that, you know, yeah, he treated people with respect, and he did what was right for for the railroad and for his people. And if we if we do that, Bill, we're, we're good. We talked about the technology, uh, you know, moving forward. Do you see any challenges moving forward uh, in the next five to ten years? Oh, there's extreme challenges moving forward in the next five to ten years. I mean, whether they're internal or external, you know, we're all we're always going to be challenged. And the key we have to do is identify what are what are the ones that need to be focused on today, next year, you know, two years, three years, five years as a company and as a department. You know, it's you know, I mean, you, you know, I mean, the, the industry is challenged, and whether it's on the regulatory side, whether it's on the uh, business side, every every day is a new challenge. Our key is we don't stand still, and we got to make sure we're looking ahead and staying in front of it, not behind it. Is that what uh, really gets you going the most? Is the ever-changing world of this industry? It's always I mean, every 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 way you turn, it's 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 the industry taking a turn. Oh, it's exciting! I, 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 like I said before, I could not imagine doing something else. I, I could imagine being in a in a Industry or a job that was, you know, I won't say monotonous, but you know, what we are in and what we do every day is a new adventure. And sometimes you may have more adventures than you like, but it's a, uh, 
every day poses challenges, and you see how people rally, and you see how people come together, and, and you see how everyone responds. And you know, there's no better feeling than you see your team come together and get it done. And it makes you proud to see how, how they react and they respond and just you know, continue, to, continue to make our river better every day. And uh, I know that I asked you what you wanted to be remembered for, but again, you are the first Engineer of the Year uh, award winner, um, nominated by your peers. Uh, we uh, decided as an editorial staff and, and John to, to name you as the first one. How does it feel to be, you know, the first one recognized as Engineer of the Year? Well, like I said in the beginning, Bill, you shocked me. Uh, it's just a, uh, you know, it's true. It is truly an honor to be recognized that way. Because I mean, I just there there were so many fantastic people across our entire industry that, that do what we do, and it, it's a, it, it's truly an honor, and I and I greatly appreciate it. And I you know, I want to thank thank you and the team there, and you know, I want to. I want to thank you and, and, and thank everyone involved, and I want to thank the contractor and supplier partners we have. I didn't mention them earlier, but you know, we can't do what we do without them. You know, this industry is not just the railroad; it's, it's everyone, and we have a lot of partners out here that help us do what we do. And probably the biggest biggest thank you I want to give, other than my other, you know, is to my wife and my family for everything they've done. And I also just want to thank you know the entire NS engineering team. I, mean, I, I can't say enough. It, it is a privilege to be part of this group. And you know, if I was chosen to be recognized, I can promise you, it's on the shoulders of the work they're doing every day. And they're out there making it happen. They do a phenomenal job. And you know, the last 26 plus years has been a wild ride. And like I told you before, I, I can promise you, we're just getting started. And and we just went through a pretty good organizational restructure in engineering. You know, called it our 2020 transformation plan. And the message to the engineering team was the best just got better. And I strongly believe that. We are, we are aligned better now than ever within our department to succeed. And we're going to take this organization to the next level of excellence by working together. And like I said, I, I couldn't be any, any more proud of our team. And I, I do truly appreciate Bill the recognition. Does anyone have any doubt that Ed Boyle is not going to accomplish what he sets out to accomplish? You won't get any argument here. I'd like to thank Ed Boyle for his time and his insight on his great career and once again i would like to congratulate him for being the first engineer of the year for railway track instructors magazine look for another podcast very soon for rail group on air and rtns magazine i'm bill wilson and i will see you down the line